The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. Many thanks for taking the time to tune in each and every Thursday. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. Mentioned last week, a little tease about football. Football kicks off as well. Right behind horse racing comes football. Big game tonight, Tennessee and Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh wins, but the line is creeping up there. Isn't that a gamble we're talking for you? Just for giggles and pretzel sticks, I think Pittsburgh wins, but awful big line. I mean, but I think Pittsburgh wins the first game out. Kind of exciting, Football and horse racing. One in one A in my life, but horse racing is exactly first where it should be. Exotic update of winning ponies. I like to keep you on the update. It's kind of like a lottery count. $8.4 million on the exotic board. Winning ponies exotics payoff is growing and will continue to build. It is not too late to get on board and begin by checking out the site at www.winningponies.com. Great racing last weekend. We'll recap all of last week's action that is now in the books, etched in stone in the history books, that is. Jennifer, this evening is as follows. And if you're a usual listener, it sounds the same because we want you to become ready to know what the next segment is. No surprises here because we're nothing but information imparting the waters and finding winners here. Tonight, we're going to recap last week's races. Then we're going to our biggins. Recap the sheets real quickly. Then, in segment number two, we have our special guest of the week. And this week is no exception, as we have Assistant Racing Secretary of Turfway Park, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer, as they kick off the 50th anniversary of Turfway. Big doings, big things happening in Turfway Park in Florence, Kentucky. Kentucky racing shifting from Ellis now to Turfway. Then to Keeneland, then to Churchill Downs. And then it starts snowing, and oh, brutal weather comes about in Turfway back in the winter. But Turfway, beautiful time of the year. September is a great time to head on out to Turfway. And one of the nicest guys in racing. He's already the, the grandmaster at Colonial Downs. Big-headed Keeneland, Churchill, Turfway Park. Tyler Picklesheimer, a man that has a bright future ahead of him, and one nice guy. friend of mine for a very long time. Final furlong of handicapping, as with yours truly, we're going to talk about some horses, Friday and Saturday. Who knows, might even get a call from the Cincinnati Kid, Ohio's grandmaster of handicapping. Love to hear from James. This guy flat out handicaps. Eat, 
breathe, and sleep horse racing, just like the rest of us. But he also handicaps for Beulah Park, and he's also done some other work as well. You're going to want to pay attention. If James happens to call in, it's because he's got something red, hot, and blinking, something you need to hit up on. All right, with that in hand, we're going to recap last week's action for you. When I say that, that means if you were under a rock or if you really just weren't paying attention, we're going to fly through it and kind of get you all caught up. September 5th, Arlington Park, the Arlington Washington Futurity Grade 3, $150,000 up for grabs. Number seven, Dixie Bannon, David Flores goes to the winner's circle by winning the length in three quarters. 80 cents on the dollar, paying 360 to win for Wayne Catalano, the king of Chicago Dixie Band. Well handled, broke sharply, was brushed by you, Peril to me, but still gets the winner's circle, winning by a length in three quarters. Congratulations there. Then on to race number nine, the Arlington Washington Lassie Stakes. 150000 Winner there is number six, Shebe Wild. Junior Alvarado on fire in Chicago. Found himself a new home. Wins. Don't call it a comeback. He's been there for years, as LL Cool J would say. Junior Alvarado. Really looking good in the saddle in Chi-Town. Wins by five and three quarters lengths. 90 cents to a dollar. Paying 384. Huh. Wayne Catalano. I guess I wasn't fibbing when I said King of Chicago, huh? Then on to Del Mar, the Cajun Stakes, September 5th. Race number four, 100 grand up for grabs. I guess that's jump change at a Del Mar, 100 grand. Winner, number two, Grayson, Garrett Gomez. Between the ears of this runner, winning by three quarters of a length, paying 460 to win for Mike Mitchell. Mike Mitchell, here, here's a little tidbit for you. Fresh off of a claim, play Mike Mitchell. Fresh into his barn, play Mike Mitchell. Second time out, play Mike Mitchell. Devastating in California. Play Mike Mitchell. Very nice trainer indeed. Delmar, September 5th, race number 8, the Darley Debutante Stakes, grade 1, 7 furlongs on the all-weather surface. The winner, number 6, Mi Sueno. Michael Bays in the irons, winning by a solid length, paying $4 even for Eric Gillet. Very nice, Mi Sueno. Between horses early, chasing outside rival. Split foes three deep. The only thing Misueno did not do was get popcorn in the grandstand for you there in the Darley Debutante. Very nice. And on to Monmouth Park, we're going to go back east, west east. September 5th, the Sapling Stakes, grade 3, 6 on the dirt. 150000 up for grabs. Winner number 5, Western Smilk, Elvis Trujillo. Elvis has not left the building because he won this race by a length and three quarters. 80 cents to a dollar paying 360 for Steve Asmussen. You've heard of Steve Asmussen before. On to River Downs in southeast Ohio. September 5th, the Coca-Cola Bassinet Stakes for two-year-old Philly. Six on the dirt. The winner, all about Anna. Corey Lenari in the saddle, winning by six, drawing away. Very handily paying 540 win for trainer Eddie Keneally. Eddie spots him very well. Talk to Corey after the race. Said he had tons on this filly. I think you can look for her down the road. Actually, the Coca-Cola Bassinet, if you go historically, has been a very nice prep for some many runners. How about caressing? How about Devil House? Coca-Cola Bassinet's been very nice to the fillies. 
this time of the year, two-year-old fillies, the place to be. September 5th at Saratoga, we're switching up. We're going state by state. The Forgo Stakes, a grade one, seven on the dirt. The winner here, the one pyro, Johnny Velasquez on the irons, closing like a madman, winning by a half a length. Broke slow and split him at the quarter pole, paying 10-20 to win. Impressive there for Saeed ben Sawar. I think last week we only mentioned his name about 10 times. September 5th, race 10, the Woodward Stakes, grade one. If you missed it, you missed history. Winner number three, Rachel Alexander. Calvin Burrell is in the saddle, winning by a long head, fully extended. First time in 56 years of the running of the Woodward. And the 11th time ever, the three-year-old filly beats the older male runners. Rachel Alexander paying 260 to win, did not lose the public's confidence. For trainer, Steve Asmussen. You hearing him again. Arlington Park, September 7th, race 6, the Stars and Stripes Turf Handicap. Winners of three free fighter, James Graham in the iron. Nice turf rider indeed. Wins by a half a length, paying 2380 for Chris Block, who also does well in Chicago. Then on to race number 8 on the sixth on the 7th of September, the CO Aaron Handicap, the winner number 3 public speaker, Junior Alvarado for a solid length on a rail move ride. Rallied up to pay twelve forty for Dale Bennett. Nice ride indeed. Arlington Park race number or race September seventh. Wow, that's tough to say. Race number nine. The winner and I had this and I love this one. Hot cha cha. James Graham in the saddle for a length and a quarter. Win four rallied. And I mean he was four wide in a big, big rally pain. Thirteen forty for Phil Sims, Kentucky based trainer. On to Del Mar, September 7th, race number 6, the I'm Smoking Stakes. Winner number 1, John Scott. Victor Espinosa in the irons, winning by three-quarters of a length, paying $8 for Carla Gaines. September 7th, race number 8, the Del Mar Futurity, grade 1-7 on the all-weather. Number 1, looking at Lucy Garrett Gomez in the saddle, paying $4 even for Bullet Bob Baffert. And then we're going to say back to River Downs for... The Budweiser Select Cradle Stakes for two-year-olds. Mile and the 16th on the turf, originally slated for the turf. Mother Nature was not kind. But kindness goes to the 10 gleam of Hope Corey Lenari. Yep, he swept the bassinet and the cradle, winning by two and a quarter lengths, paying 660 to win for Tony Reinstedler. Very nice ride indeed. September 7th at Saratoga, race number five, race number nine, the Glen Falls, a grade three, mile and three eighths on the inner turf. The winner is the three, Mushka, Kent DeSormo, paying seven forty for Bill Mott. Then we ran that last week was on the September 7th and race number 10, the three chimneys hopeful, a grade one, seven on the dirt. The winner, number 12, Dublin, Jamie Terrio, or Jimmy the Riot, as his friends call him, winning by two lengths and paying eight twenty for D. Wayne Lucas. There's a guy you never want to count out, ever, ever, ever. All right, we got some biggins to talk about. Let's start with Friday, September 4th, 116 total biggins. Finger Lakes led the pack with race number five, a Superfecta, $6,091 even. Right behind it was Louisiana Downs, race six, a Superfecta, $6,068. Not too bad for two tracks. On a Friday afternoon, Saturday, September 5th, 164 total biggins. Leading the pack, Emerald Downs, race number seven, a Superfecta, 7,674.80. I hope you left more than just the 80 cents with the clerk. 
Sunday, September 6th, 145 total biggins leading the pack. Emerald Downs, race number three, a superfecta key, 10,131.60. Very nice indeed for Washington running there. Monday, September 7th, 156 total biggins. Finger Lakes, race number nine, 5,875 even. Tuesday, September 8th, 38 total biggins. Prairie Meadows, race number five, a superfecta key, 3,843.40. Wednesday, September 9th, 54 total biggins. A Cinnaboye Downs, race number five. A Superfecta Key, 4,283.60. And Thursday, September 10th, 29 total biggins and counting because the day is not over. How about let's go to race number nine, $2,791. Incredible day, incredible biggins, and we hope you were aboard. Well, we just had to head up to our first break. When we return, we're going to be talking with our special guest this week and one damn nice guy, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer from Turfway Park, and you're only going to hear it if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Imagine a family that was almost fed by neighbors who almost volunteered to help them out. Almost volunteered to give them their first hot meal in weeks. Almost volunteered. But as anyone knows, when it comes to giving, almost doesn't count. Don't almost give. Give. Give of your time, your money, your kindness. To find out how, visit our website at don'talmostgive.org. This message brought to you by the Ad Council. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. <clears throat> Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Oh my God. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. <clears throat> he says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big, fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it, don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. 
Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. Thank you for tuning in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, depending on what side of the coast you live on. Second segment is with each and every week. Winning Ponies is pleased and honored to have on our special guest of the week. No exception this week. Winning Ponies would like to welcome Assistant Racing Secretary, and as I said before, damn nice guy, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer. T, are you in the house? Yeah, how are you doing, Ed? How are you, brother? Good, good. Kentucky Racing has shifted from Ellis Park back up to Florence. And it has to be a very beautiful night there in Florence, Kentucky. Yeah, weather's nice. Everybody's in short sleeves, and uh, uh, nice to be home and sleep in my own bed for a change. <laughs> You're a man on the road, and uh, yeah, we're going to get to that because I'm going to tell you what, there's many more hats, and uh, I want to see if I've actually missed anything. But, Tyler, you, you were actually our first caller for a radio show. You actually kicked it off. We, you and I go back a long way, and I've seen you work uh, just about in every possible known capacity at the racetrack. And, uh, you know, your family's involved in it, your mother, you know, your father, your, your whole family's involved in racing, and you, of course, Tyler, if you can just refresh our listeners of how you got involved in the great game of racing. Sure. My, uh, I just graduated from college, and uh, my stepfather, Rick Lee, is the racing secretary here at Turfway. And uh, a lady that worked for him, Mary Ellen Hickey, uh, former jockey, uh, was going to take some time off. She was going to have, I think, her first child. And uh, he needed some help, and I just I filled in for the month of September and sort of never left. Um, sort of, you know, I had never worked in the office before. I was sort of a a clean slate, so they were able to show me what they wanted me to do and how they wanted it done, and, you know, I didn't bring any bad habits with me, so, uh, you know, we learned how to do it their way, and, um, you know, we just uh, went from here to River Downs and Keeneland and Churchill and um, ended up uh, at uh, Colonial Downs now. Um, uh, So that's sort of my circuit now, Uh, Turfway, uh, Keeneland, Churchill, and Colonial Downs. You know, you, you said you, you came out into the tutelage of your stepfather, Rick Lee, who is uh, one, one, of the, uh, one of the names in racing. If you look in your program, you'll always see Richard Lee on the Kentucky circuit, and you, you probably couldn't have learned from one of the best in the, the game. Rick may not be one of the most high-profile guys. The time you'll be seeing is when the big races are, uh, are under wraps and lock and key, or if there's a problem, you'll be hearing, about, you'll be hearing from Rick Lee. But actually, uh, I don't think there's a better guy in racing that you could have learned, and, uh, learned under the 
guiding hand from. And uh, and the, your mother, as I had the pleasure of working with her for some years at Turfway Park, uh, she's pretty versed in. So you had no other choice but just to end up in racing and uh, and just to have to suffer through it and uh, and excel as far as you have. And you know, for a young man, I mean, you you you've held to practically every title and job at different tracks. Uh, you know, you made uh, you made mention of Colonial down. Start with Colonial and kind of give us the picture of uh, Tyler Pickelsheimer's year. Um, basically, I end up in Colonial right after Turfway shuts down uh, the spring meet, and I'll be there from April until the end of Colonial's meet uh, as the director of thoroughbred racing and and uh, racing secretary. And, I, I, wait, on on that note, right there. You, you're you're basically all things racing. I mean, you have the the yo to go off the turf on the turf. What are we going to change? You're all things racing, correct? Correct. Yeah, I've, I've ended up with uh, the call to cancel races off the turf, and you know we work with the with the jocks and the trainers and the uh, and the track superintendent on that. But um, um, yeah, it, it's it was it was a good opportunity and uh, good experience. And Colonial, uh, it's it's a neat place. I don't know if, uh, how many of your listeners have had a chance to get up there and and visit it, but uh, um, you know they they put some money back in into the plane every year and it's clean. It's in good shape. It's um, they they put on a pretty good show. In fact, they do. Uh, I love turf racing as well as if you surveyed uh, ten people, I'd have to say nine absolutely love it. The other uh, ones kind of probably fifty fifty on it. I, I think turf race kind of turf racing is a natural draw. And if you actually look at the handle for most uh, most races, it's usually a little higher when the when the turf racing comes about. Oh yeah, we we had a actually we sort of had a wet summer this summer like everybody else, but uh, we came off the turf about five times, which is um, not the norm there. Um, we just got hit with a lot of a lot of rain, you know, an hour or so before post, and and uh, you know we're forced to come off. But um, yeah, you can pretty much almost cut your your uh, your handle in half when you come off the turf, especially there because we're we're basically a turf track. I mean, we run eighty percent of our races on the turf, um, so it's 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 a neat uh, it's a neat little niche, and you know they've uh, they've uh, their names getting a little stronger every year in the uh, in the simulcast world. I know, in fact, that I, I personally I, I become a, a bigger and bigger and bigger fan of Colonial Downs each and every year. It's a fine turf course, and and uh, firsthand I, I work at uh, River Downs, and uh, this past weekend our, our marquee race came off of the turf for two-year-olds, and uh, and and they know about the wet summer. Actually, it's been a very mild summer for for both of us. Oh yeah, you know, across the United States and the the eastern portion, uh, and uh, you're you're more on the east coast at that time of the year, and we're in, more in the east slash heading into the Midwest. But uh, it, it has been mild and yet wet. But Tyler, I want to ask you about Turfway Park. It, it is one of the first places, if not the first actual track to run live races. But I believe Keeneland had the first poly surface as far as training. But when it went into effect as a running service, tell us about this wonder footing. It, uh, it made a, made a big difference. I mean, we uh, you know we we didn't see nearly as many breakdowns. Uh, we had. Um, the beauty about it for for a wintertime track like uh, Turfway Park is um, you don't lose the racetrack in the middle of a card on a on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon when the sun comes out and it starts to warm up and thaw. Um, traditionally, you know, we we lost a lot of dates in the winter because of the the freeze thaw, and um, it's pretty much uh, what you see is what you get. No matter how much rain or snow or um, you know, it's it's pretty durable, and, and uh, we've canceled a lot fewer fewer race days because of it. 
You know, when you make mention of the freeze thaw, uh, if you go 100 miles north, the track freezes. Right. If you go 100 miles to the west, it, uh, it pretty much freezes, especially when you get up, uh, the, or maybe it's uh, four or 500 miles west to the Chicagoland area, it freezes. But Kentucky, the northern part of Kentucky is in a freeze thaw. It can be uh, 40 degrees, 38 degrees in the afternoon, and at night it can get bitterly cold. So, you know, you, you, have, a, you have a thawed track, but then you get that freeze thaw up and down, and there's really no way, and there's not enough man hours or enough equipment. It was never for a, a lack of uh, preparation or equipment or, or having the right people on staff. It was when you can control the weather, I think you definitely need a raise. And, and for years we had a 7 o'clock post in the winter, and that sort of gave us the luxury of, of you know, as the sun starts to settle, the track could tighten back up and, you know, refreeze. And, um, you know, we were able to get through the cars that way. But when we switched to the 530 post, um, you know, we, we didn't have that luxury of, of the cold coming back in and, in helping us out with the racetrack. You know, when, when you talk about Polly, this is kind of off the Kentucky circuit, but it, it's just a just an opinion type question. There's really no right or wrong to it. California made the changeover. Do you see any any real backing behind this that the entire state? I believe it was a five year mandate that they had to change over to all synthetic services. Do you think that was a, a necessary, or do you think we needed a little more time to wait and see? In your opinion, you know what I. <laughs> I don't know. I say there's probably no right or wrong answer. Um, I, I, they may have jumped the gun a little bit and maybe um, maybe acted uh, you know a little hastily or, or quickly uh, when when picking their surfaces. I know um, um, Santa Anita had some problems there a couple of years ago, and and you know maybe if they had a little more time to uh, you know meet meet with the salespeople and come out and see some more demonstrations at racetracks that had it, they would may have made some different decisions. You know, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that. And, you know, the fair circuits actually, because they, they run such an abbreviated schedule, they can still run dirt, and some of which have very nice turf courses indeed. I, in my opinion, just, just my opinion, which means, uh, you know, maybe two pennies, I think it, it, they should have they should have examined it one by one. Maybe taken a few more years to actually, actually uh, you know examine this because actually Delmore and Santa Anita, everybody's under the microscope, and uh, anything new to anything new to any sport is actually going to be examined uh, examined more closely. But uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, you you like you said, there there is no right or wrong answer. I think they should have waited just a little bit longer, or maybe just put them in place at a little more distance of pace there. Tyler, you may mention of Keeneland, and it's on your tour of duties, and for those that have never been to Lexington, Kentucky, I'm going to call it the capital of the horse. <laughs> no and, doubt. Uh, and, uh, you know, do you ever think, and then once again, this is, this is a yes or no that it really won't matter question, do you ever think Keeneland will ever hold a Breeders' Cup there? I, I think eventually you'll see it. Um, I know they had were talking a couple, well, I think it was last year, the year before, they were talking about uh, maybe ex- extending the grandstand down around, like by the seven-eighths pole around the turn. And um, you know they, you know, it, they're, they're, you know, like so they'll have to do what, what Arlington did, put up some temporary structures, and and uh, you know go from there. But I, I'd say it's probably it's probably in the works. I don't know how far off, but I'd say eventually we're going to see it. 
You know, I, I would love to see that actually happen. And, uh, you know, for those that have never been to Keeneland, actually put that on your bucket list of places to go for racetracks. It's, there's never a bad day, even if it's cold and, <laughs> cold and rainy. It could snow down there or it could be 83 degrees. And, uh, and that goes for April and that goes for October as well, doesn't it? Yep, yep. Seen it both, uh, both ends of the spectrum. Tyler, the VLT issue, it's, it's a hotbed of argument in many states. Uh, Kentucky has not taken this before the voters in 2009, and it's, it's a sore spot for, for me personally, and, and I know that you have some personal feelings on this. But aside from that, what impact will this have on the sport of racing and Kentucky being the capital of horse racing? Oh, it, you know, it's it, it's it's sort of sad. You you know, every day you see these horses going out of town to Indiana, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Um, it's hard for us to compete for horses to fill our races to you know, so we can you know, try to put together a you know a nine or a ten horse average. Um, you know, to give the the, uh, the player an opportunity you know to bet the gimmicks and and uh, you know, but you know, it, it's sort of. Uh, you know, tracks that have, or jurisdictions that have historically been powerhouses are, are now second fiddle to programs that have been in existence 15 years. Um, you know, I guess time will tell, and hopefully we'll get some more, uh, some more help in the, uh, you know, in the, in the Senate and, and uh, you know, maybe pick up another seat here. I think there's a special election coming up in uh, October, I think. You know, from from a from a layman's perspective, and doing all the reading and and wanting and research and keeping your fingers crossed, actually, I, I want to see the the industry succeed versus state by state or track by track. I think it's of uh, something my great grandma said: if we don't hang together, we will all hang separately. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, there's I'm you know River Downs. You guys had a nice weekend this week. The Bassinet winner. Uh, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see him in the Alcibiades and the Cradle winner. Maybe in the breeders maturity, you know that's that's what it's all about you know the you know the stronger each track is the stronger the industry is as a whole so um not you know every every track that uh that struggles makes it harder for everybody else to succeed i'm i'm a complete backer of that theory uh i i really don't think there's any track down deep that wants to see any other track ever fall it's a domino theory because uh, you know, if your left side of your line collapses, the right side has to pick up. And uh, any time there, there's there's a gap, and, and we've seen the loss of a few tracks over the years. And, and the great state of Kentucky, the Bluegrass State, the capital of the horse, is actually facing some dire times. But as you alluded to, the Senate is actually possibly loosening up. I know that uh, Turf Boys President Bob Ellison, Nick Nicholson from Keeneland, and, and many others in uh, in Frankfurt are actually doing their part to actually uh, do everything humanly possible to illuminate and to educate the people of the Bluegrass State. Like I say, we'll hopefully, uh, you know, pick up some more steam and, you know, press ahead. That's, uh, you know, that's all you can do right now. And that I agree with. Tyler, you've had the opportunity to work in many different areas over the years, and uh, you, you've, uh, you've seen how, and how some tracks are successful. And basically, Tyler, what should be done? What can we do as an industry to better market our product? Well, you know, who are we leaving out? Uh, you know what, I, I, I guess, you know, it, it, more of a national, uh, campaign, you know, each, each track sort of has its own campaign and, and, um, you know, each track does something, uh, unique and different. Uh, you know, I, I know you, you've had some, uh, some, uh, pretty good promotions at river and you get, uh, you know, the wiener dog races and, and, uh, I think Ellis Park does the same thing and each region's got its own, its own little niche and, and you know, you just got to figure out a way to 
to reach uh, the next generation and get them out here to the races. And, and uh, you know, Turfway does a good job with their Friday night cards. Uh, they do the uh, the dollar beers, and they've got the bands. And, um, you know, this is our 50th year celebration of Turfway, and they've, they've got pretty much something going on just about every night, it seems like. Um, so hopefully that'll, you know, that'll get some new faces out of the races, and, and uh, we can build on that. Actually, you, you touched on it, and you, you hit it right on top of the head. You have to give the people what they want. The game has changed. It's not your grandpa's game anymore. We just go to the races, get in the car, and go home. Actually, people want to see it as an entertainment destination because there's such a, a harsh competition for the dollar and what, what is actually left on the table. Turfwood does a remarkable job as far as marketing to their people. The dollar, as you, as you alluded to, the dollar beers, it's, it's a younger crowd. The bands, the competitions, the fun, the party atmosphere, and it's actually led on. And you touched on something very briefly. This is a special year for Turf, Turfway. It is the 50th anniversary. Yeah, we've got... Uh... You know, and we've we've got our uh, Kentucky Cup day coming up, so hopefully we'll we'll get uh, you know nice crowd for that. We had a oh, uh, I don't know if you want to call it an old timers. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wasn't night. invited. It's had, an old timers uh, party. Yeah, we had uh, some some of the previous employees from Turfway Park that were here the the you know the opening year, and uh, actually one of my high school uh, teachers, Bill Perry, um, was uh, was on hand, so we got to present him with a little pen in the in the paddock and. Uh, you know, I think they had it all. Everybody had a nice evening. Bullet Bill Perry. And if you want to see something really cool, go to turfwaypark.com and uh, you can see a little nine minute video segment on their website, which actually does a little chronicling of uh, when the track was actually built in 59 and how it actually came about, how the races evolved from Johnny Battaglia to the many people that have actually handed down to Jerry Carroll to the current uh, new ownership. When I say new, I'm, I'm alluding to Harris and GTEC and, and the president uh, management system under Bob Elliston and all the wonderful people that have actually worked there and many patrons how they've actually seen the track grow and uh, stay with it. It, it. Northern Kentucky, Turfway Park, it is a fixture. It's kind of uh, one of those things, if you took it away, I think we'd be, we'd be limping a little bit because it's, it's actually become part of the area and it's become a great part of the state as far as the racing circuit. Tyler, final thought, because I know you're a man who has to get back to work and you don't like to dilly-dally. Do you have any words of wisdom for someone who wants to enter the sport of racing? Ah, boy, just uh, learn as much as you can, um, depending on what, what area, you know, which, which what your concentration to be, but uh, take the opportunity to come out and, and uh, maybe, you know, talk to some trainers, try to get a job hot walking, or, or, you know, maybe try to work with the racing commission, or maybe do some internships with marketing or the racing department. Uh, the more you can do, uh, the more likely you are to find a, a job in, in horse racing. Or maybe two guys could actually just start in the uh, parking lot about 25 years ago and exactly. and just see where it goes from there. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Those are some good days, were they not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. Well, you know, something I was sort of thinking of, uh, you know, years, what, 10 years ago, you know, we sort of thought that, uh, you know, people were going to the casinos because they wanted the fast action. Well, the state of the economy, well, I'm thinking maybe, hopefully, that things would change a little bit in the racetrack's favor where things are a little slower. You know, you've got 25 minutes, 20 minutes for a race. You know, you can spend an afternoon or an evening and, uh, you know, sort of make it last a little longer than you do at the boat. 
It's more of a cerebral game. It gives you time to actually think. I, I call it the thinking man's gambling. Uh, you're not just pulling a, pulling a slot machine arm. And thinking about gambling here, it's actually we're just betting a pretzel stick on it. But I think I know where you're going to go. Tonight kicks off the NFL season here, and it's Pittsburgh and Tennessee. Where does your heart lie? Well, I've got to go with Pittsburgh. I was uh, born and raised about an hour, uh, about an hour out of Pittsburgh. That I would. I, that I think I would have bet my last dollar right, right next to uh, beautiful Wells Waterford Park at the time. Waterford Park, which became Mountaineer Park. Mountaineer. Tyler, we'd like to thank you for taking your time and talking about the 50th anniversary of Turfway Park. Best of luck to you, and have a great meet, my friend. All right, thank you. Thank you, Tyler. That's from Tyler Picklesheimer, Assistant Racing Secretary at Turfway Park, one of racing's good guys. Well, it's time to head to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking some horses, handicapping, and all sorts of good stuff here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. There was this house that was almost saved from a fire that was almost put out by people who almost volunteered. As generous a nation as we are, sometimes instead of giving, we almost give. We almost come forward in times of need. Almost. But almost giving is the same as not giving at all. Don't almost give. Give. To find out how, check our website at don'talmostgive.org. A message from the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for tuning in each and every Thursday at p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. 
Hope you tuned in the last segment. Tyler Picklesheimer, Assistant Racing Secretary at Turfway Park, one of racing's nice guys, a guy that will go very, very far in this game. Good friend of mine, and trust you me, he know, definitely knows the game. Each and every week, I like to recap the winning pony sheets. There's a reason for it, because I want you to know more about it. Information is the power, my friend. They are easy to use. There's no lock-in plan to make you buy X amount of this or X amount of that. You don't have to use it by the end of 30 days. You play when you want to play. No plans, no pressure. It's easy to use, and it's easy to make your way into making it useful for yourself. You can change our track conditions, and you can, you can receive a new set of predictions. None other. I've looked at some. Matter of fact, I was looking at some. I'm not going to mention any names because I feel that that is wrong. I was actually looking at it. They were $12 and $14 sheets. I was actually looking on board. What a joke. 48 hours old. Come on. Mother Nature changes. But on Winning Ponies, you can change it up and catch up. We got full expansive PPs with a program, the Daily Racing Former Echo Base. Whatever you use, we got it. So do we. Full expansive PPs, special icons to alert you to Monster Works first Lasix, drop it in class, the plus symbol, which means good things are coming, and the double plus, meaning big things are coming your way. Blogs, which keep you in the know about racing, stories that are out there, and free selections given out. And for your testimonials, if you write in and let us know how you're doing, you'll get a good-looking cap courtesy of Winning Ponies. So what are you waiting for? Check us out, www.winningponies.com. Speaking about what are you waiting for, there's a guy online, a good friend of mine, James Williams, a.k.a. the Cincinnati Kid. When this guy speaks, get out your pen. Kid, are you there? Hey, I'm here, Eddie. What's happening? It's really good to hear from you, Kid. I know when you dial up, you take time out because you don't play around. Kid, I know that there are winners on the end of your tongue. I'm hoping I can hand you some winners here. And both of my selections come on Saturday. The first one is at Belmont Park. We're turning to race eight here to Garden City. I like the undefeated eight, Moran. She came back off the bench last time at Saratoga. Just got up to win by half a length. Since that effort, she's put in some solid work including a bullet, best of 16 going, 5'8 at 59-2. and two. Jose Lescano stays aboard. I think she makes it 5-for-5 five five in this grade one outing. You like, you, like that, uh, you like that little move there, do you not? Yes, sir. It's an, it's an interesting race. I can make a case for a lot of them in this spot, but I really think that she's going to be the one that takes it. Plus, I just love the bullet work up there at Saratoga. All right. Okay. I, I like where you're going here. Fire away, kid. Okay, and my second selection actually comes at Prescott. I don't do a lot of picking on all weather services, but I had to take the nine informed decision in this race. Julian Le Peru's name to come down to Erie to ride this thing. Just draw a line through that last effort in the ballerina over the slop. I don't think she liked it at all. Gets on uh, synthetic where she shows three wins on form, two at Keeneland and one at Arlington. So I think she bounces back in this effort. Let's look for informed decision to start a new win streak up at Presque Kid, let's see if we can uh, put our heads together and see if we came out with the same homework here. Informed decision, they are sticking their toe in the water and actually if handles the Presque Isle, and that is the Masters, it's a grade three, and they're going to go six and a half furlongs. Actually, if informed decision does well, Jonathan Shepard, Le Pru are going out. Possibly those, possibly those two are going to team up. They're going to be going out to the Breeders' Cup. 
And I think she handled the Breeders' Cup pretty well, too. Seven furlongs, six and a half, seems to be right up her alley. I look for her to come back to her winning ways starting this weekend and continuing on to the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. Actually, I get that little tidbit from Daily Racing Form writer and covers the Ohio Beat, Mr. John P. McDoolin. Oh, Johnny Mack. Johnny Mack. He he laid that on me today. Asked me who I liked in there, and I I liked a couple days. He said, Ed, you know, you got to take a look at informed decision. He says, I'm telling you. He says, if this one runs, it's Breeders' Cup bound. Yes, sir. Plus, she has some nice works on her uh, form at Prescott, so she shows that she likes the surface. So it may be on this weekend. You got that right, my friend. Well, kid, it is time to head into a break. I wanted to thank you for your call and your picks. They're always welcome. So each and every week, if you've got picks, pick up the phone and dial us up, brother. Oh, I sure will. Thanks a lot, Eddie. James, say hello to Granny and them, and uh, we will be talking to you soon. All right, it is time to head into a break. When we return, we're going to be talking some full final furlong handicapping, and, boy, do we have some winners, and you're only going to get them here on Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready. think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Hi, my name is Joanne, and I have mannequinism. Well, I did have it, but I'm not a mannequin anymore. Doctors said over 75% of my body turned into plastic. They said it's because I wasn't active in my community, because I didn't vote or volunteer or I don't know. All I wanted to do was cry, but I couldn't because I had plastic eyes. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. If I... And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. This is Final Furlough Handicapping with yours truly, Ed Meyer. We've had on Tyler Pickle-Simer special guest of the weekend, the Cincinnati Kid, a.k.a. James Williams, or vice versa, passing out a few winners there. And trust you me, this guy can handicap. Every time you hear James call in, he has got some loaded bullets for us. You know what? I've got a couple horses that I want to play on Friday, and then I'm going to jump right into Saturday. So let's grab our pens, let's grab our pencils, and let's get to work, as the teacher would say. And let's start on Friday at Arlington Park in race number eight, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. I like the one, Unpaid Crusade, Eduardo Perez, or Chris Block. And as you heard me talking about last week, Chris Block won a very nice race indeed. Actually, 7 for 12 at Arlington Park and 11 for 20 on the turf, drawing the rail. 
and made a middle move out last time out, which means had the lead, it drew off by a length and ended up finishing second by a length and three quarters, going a mile and sixteenth. Comes right back in the same, the same exact, same exact class. I, I love unpaid crusade. If you get five to two, bet early and often here. Turf star Chris Block is forty six percent in the money. Eighth race in Arlington on Friday, the one unpaid crusade. Ninth in Arlington on Friday. And I like another one here. We're going to go six furlongs in a very nice, uh, nice little allowance race here. I, I like the seven Waccamaw. And they got a Jesus Casanova for Patrick Byrne, who's winning 17%. One for one at Arlington Park. And on the all-weather is three for three in the money. Made a very nice second-place effort last time. Heavily backed at the window with Junior Alvarado in the irons. Jesus Casanova definitely will not hurt you for Patrick Byrne. I like in the ninth at Arlington Park. I like the seven whack em all. Then we're going to switch back to Northern Kentucky Turfway Park on Friday in the fifth race. I like doggone it with Leandro Goncalves, and I think this guy is going to make a bid for the leading rider for the meet. Mark my word for Wayne Mackey. Throw out that last race on the turf at Churchill Downs. Going to go from a mile and a sixteenth to five and a half on the dirt. Been away from the races for a little while. Wayne Mackey is 50% in the money on a layoff runner. So I like old doggone it, sprinting five and a half at Turfway on Friday evening. Then I finish up with ninth race at Turfway Park, one mile. Nice optional claiming race here. And President-elect actually caught my eye here. we got a speedster, Joe Woodard and Yuri Ranga. They're riding at River Downs and plying their trade, but also at Mountaineer, where this four-year-old gelding won, I think, uh, the synthetic will be very kind to President-elect as last night the speed was running and rolling very nicely. Speedy gelding here by Imperial Ballet. Yuri Uranga, President-elect in the ninth race at Turfway Park on Friday. Let's jump right into Saturday action here. In the fourth race at Belmont, a mile and sixteenth, the Ruffian Handicap. And I really like 7th Street. 7th Street is a Speedy, speedy gal by Street Cry by Rajiv Marah for, for Saeed Bensour. Each and every week we hear a big grade one or grade two going down, second off of a layoff, and graded stakes. Saeed Bensour is 38% of the money winning last race, which in fact she did. He comes back and scores almost 50% of the time in the fourth at Belmont. I like 7th Street. And then on to the eighth race at Belmont, a mile and an eighth on the inner turf, the Garden City Stakes. I like Gossip Girl. Kenta Sorma and Tom Albatroni, they're, they're teaming up here and coming off of a very nice, uh, nice winning effort in a grade one at Hollywood Park. This filly runs very well fresh, which means she's had time off in between races, comes back, gets a little breather, and I think drawing the rail and Gossip Girl under Kent Sorma, who actually is a 22% winner on the inner turf, and I think the Garden City fits up very nice for this gal indeed. So the eighth race at Belmont, the Garden City, I like Gossip Girl. That's very easy to remember. Ninth at Belmont, we got seven panels on the turf in here. I, I was kind of torn, uh, torn between a few here, and I, I come up with on Zane, and it's uh, Johnny Velasquez for David Donk. Last 60 days, they're 33% in the money, two for two in the money at Belmont, three for four on the turf. With all the numbers they say and the numbers don't lie, throw out the last race. Throw out the last race of Saratoga, and on Zane actually was able just to be able to throw in a clunker. And I'm not going to say that was a clunker, but just one that you're definitely going to want to forget, especially if you're backing it at the window. And then we're going to ship up, and we're going to go to Arlington Park, 
and we're going to begin with race number 10. It's an optional claiming race for $50,000, and we're also going to go a mile on the turf, and I like Anne Song, and it's uh, Jesse Campbell and the Irons for Donnie Hemmel, Donnie Von Hemmel here, and actually the dam has thrown seven turf winners, get this, seven starters, excuse me, seven turf winners, 12 starters overall, 12 winners, 12 for 12 with her progeny. Very impressive, indeed, three of which are stakes winners there. I'm going to say throw out the last race. It was on It was on, on, a, on a good turf course. I'm going to say throw it out because it was an erratic race, uh, fifth, the fourth, the eighth, the fifth, and was a beaten favorite last time out. And Donnie Von Himmel comes back, and he's in the money 54% of the time on the beaten favorite angle there. In the 10th race at Arlington, I like Ann's song. And then we shift back to northern Kentucky, where actually you heard Tyler Picklesheimer talking about uh, the beauty of Kentucky racing, claiming $8,000 race. I like Gandalf Finch. Once again, Leandro Goncalves for Gary Sims. You talk about a horse for course, six for nine in the money on the all-weather, six for ten in the money, and two for two in the money into distance. It's starting to sound better than a ham sandwich. Dropping down a class, Sims is 29% in the money, Beaten favorite last time out by a dirty neck at Ellis Park. And I think Gandalf Finch gets the lead. This, this uh, four-year-old gelded to somebody. Uh, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday break just gets it gone, and uh, it might be tough to catch him from the rail. So in the fourth race, I like Gandalf Finch. On to race number seven at Turfway Park, and I go right to the, right to the rail for Daddy 49. Uh, James Lopez and Eddie Keneally. Eddie Keneally just doesn't fool around. He only spots them where they belong. It's a T-Roll gilded son of Ghost Zapper. And the dam of this runner is 50% in the money in the winner circle, that is, with her two-year-old winners. She's had two starters with one winner, and I like it. Closed willingly last time out at Arlington Park over the synthetic surface. This time draws the rail. Ran third against or similar company. I'm going to call similar company. This two-year-old gelding here by Ghost Sapper, I think, can just flat out get the job done. James Lopez is quite a nice rider, and Eddie Keneally is 38% in the money on second time back. So in this seventh race of Turfway on Saturday, I like Daddy 49. Ninth race of Turfway, the Turfway Park Fall Championship, a grade three event. Very nice race indeed here. I like no further than Night Light. John Kenton Court, who actually won the Ellis Park meet. He was the leading rider at Ellis Park. Actually, Corey Lenari said he was one win behind, but he actually traveled up to River Downs and he won the $100,000 Bass Net and the $200,000 Bud Select Cradle, and he was one win behind John Court. And if you're a fan of jockeys, You'll see John Cord actually out there and you know doing very well and he, he was a very good uh, very good part of the series and and continues to be John Cord on the rail for Todd Pletcher. It's a Grade Three. It's a mile and a half. So you're definitely going to get your money's worth here. A mile and a half last time out at Philadelphia Park. I think was a very nice tuner up and was at the three sixteenths weekend just a little bit. I like Nightlight in the Turfway Park fall championship but it's a very nice grade three race and turfway if you have the opportunity put it on your list or at least put it on your simulcast list for races to watch in the 10th race i like uh 
I like a little runner here. It's a, it's a two-year-old Colt, and it's our second fits. John Clinton Court again for Ken McPeak, and Ken McPeak's just a one heck of a horseman. Got a speedy two-year-old Colt here by Seattle Fitz, and I think uh, should really do well here. I think McPeak found a bargain for $40,000 at the uh, Florida sales here. Arlington Park going a mile, cutting back to five and a half. I think our second Fitz might even be able to come off the, uh, come off the pace a little bit. Trust you me. Kenny McPeak brings him ready. I round up my handicapping, and it ends at Calder Park in the eighth race, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. I round out with Baron Von Tapp, and we got Manny Cruz for David Braddy at three for five in the money at Calder, and seven for eighteen at the distance. You gotta love that. Ran a beautiful third at a heavily backed, beaten favorite price there, and when he comes back to win, David Braddy wins sixteen percent on the beaten favorite angle. And there you have my picks for Friday and Saturday. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. Winning Ponies would like to thank this week's special guest, Tyler Picklesheimer, Assistant Racing Secretary at Turfway Park, and you for taking the time for tuning in, and especially the Cincinnati Kid, a.k.a. James Williams, I think I got it backwards there, for tuning in and calling in. And until next week, may all your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.